Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Labor Day, a day where uh, myself and my partner Andy Anders are laboring indeed, although it's a labor of love, is it not, Andy, when you talk uh, Big Ten football? Oh, yeah, when they're, well... It would be a labor of love if uh, there were football to talk about. That's but true. Actual football. Actual yes. football. That would be nice, but you don't have that. But we have the next best thing, which is a few good men on the Big Ten. It is our weekly podcast on Big Ten football. I'm Bruce Hooley. He's Andy Anders. We will uh, wrap up all the latest developments in the Big Ten. And there are a lot of developments, oh, rumors, yeah. innuendo, reports. Uh, we'll talk about what could have been, what would have been in the rearview mirror and ahead of us. And we want to uh, thank all of you who are joining us on the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch. You can watch the show at twitch.tv backslash Chris Landry Football. You can catch our podcast at LandryFootball.com. It's an opportunity for you to look at the game of football from all perspectives, coaching, scouting, administrative, LandryFootball.com. High school shows, fantasy shows, NFL, college, we've got it all. Free agency, draft, you name it, pregame, postgame film analysis. It's the inside scoop on all the players, teams, coaches, and schemes. LandryFootball.com, your source for all things football. And if we had all things football, Andy, and not just in the Big Ten, disputed lawsuits and rumored votes and nothing happening really of substance... We would be talking today in a perfect world, pre-COVID, about Ohio State's season opening win, we presume, over Bowling Green, about Michigan and Penn State winning their season openers, the Wolverines getting ready for a Friday night game against Washington, and the Buckeyes getting ready for a Saturday trip to Oregon. What could have been? <laughs> I might, I mean, I might be, uh, we might be traveling to those games, uh, the Ohio State-Oregon games. Yes, indeed. But instead, we have uh, the possibility of a spring Rose Bowl, if you listen to Larry Scott, uh, the Pac-12 commissioner, who wants to align his league's schedule with the Big Ten whenever the Big Ten plays. Um, We thought when we sat here last week that we might have a new vote of chancellors and presidents in the Big Ten, moving the start date for Big Ten football up to October 10th. That vote didn't happen, or if it happened, they kept the lid on it. But we don't have a whole lot of clarity on anything the Big Ten is doing. No, we never have. I mean, we've called for it time and time again on this podcast. Transparency would be nice. Transparency would be nice. We're not going to get it. Um, you know, last week the rumor, the reports were that there was going to be a vote on Friday or maybe Saturday. 
um, a revote essentially on whether or not fall football would be postponed. Then, um, I believe it was the Nebraska president's chancellors came out and president chancellor came out and said that no, a vote is not taking place um, this weekend. So, and then there was the whole thing with President Trump and President Trump called Kevin Warren. Leader of the free world gets involved trying to make Big Ten football happen, uh, offering rapid testing to Big Ten football players so they could presumably get a more accurate depiction of a team's COVID situation prior to a game. Uh, We have a development on that front. TCU supposed to open the season Friday against SMU. That's a pretty big rivalry down there uh, in the state of Texas in the Big 12. That game has now been postponed because TCU has too many positive COVID tests. Tennessee um, is also experiencing delays. I yeah. believe. Yeah, they they had what was it, forty four players out with COVID now, or well, con- through contact tracing. It wasn't that they tested positive. Tests yeah, that's the thing. Is like the positive tests have been depicted as this awful circumstance, but what we have seen frequently in the college ranks is that. People are testing positive and they're asymptomatic or they're testing positive and they're not hospitalized. Have you ever seen a number on the number of kids who test positive but are hospitalized? It's low. It's low if maybe it's not non-existent, but it trends closer to non-existent than it does to um, significant. So uh, it's frustrating uh, because, you know, Clemson's going to open Saturday against Wake Forest. The SEC is going to open up. At the end of September, college game day had its season debut. Uh, We're playing football in the smaller leagues in the South. Uh, Most leagues are not playing. I think it was, um, at the time, an understandable move, but I think um, developments are such since, and the results of testing at Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, throughout the Big Ten, a lot of the places... I don't mean to uh, demean the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, but if you got a problem at Rutgers and you can't play, then opt out and let the rest of the teams that want to play play. I would say that for any school in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, I, frankly, I think it is it is silly that the Northwesterns and the Rutgers and the Maryland's of the world can have any impact over whether Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, those schools play, um, which is something we've talked about before. Now... We we mentioned a, a bit ago that Friday we thought there was going to be a vote. Mm-hmm. We thought there was going to be a vote Friday on the fall season. Mm-hmm. What I found odd, I'll say, Bruce, is that within hours it seemed like of this of these reports coming out, mm-hmm. that we there another report comes out that a Penn State doctor had found myocarditis in thirty to thirty five percent. Of COVID positive Big Ten athletes. Let me let me retrace that just a bit because I know exactly what you're talking about. The doctor's name is Wayne Sebastianelli, and people who've been um, following Big Ten football for a long time, you may have like, wait a second, I've heard Wayne Sebastianelli. I've heard that name uh, way back. Um, I'm not exactly sure the year. It was late '90s. There was a Penn State football player named Adam Taliaferro who was. Uh, catastrophically injured in a game at Ohio State, um, spinal injury. Wayne Sebastianelli was the doctor at Penn State then, team doctor. Adam Taliaferro made a wonderful recovery, uh, a very inspiring moment, led Penn State back out on the field the following year, 
walking, jogging out on the field. And throughout Adam Talaferro's recovery, Wayne Sebastianelli was often the medical expert cited. So if you think you know that name, that might be why. So Wayne Sebastianelli is at a meeting of like the Pennsylvania High School Football Athletic Association, or he's talking about myocarditis. They bring him in as an authority, and they're playing high school football in Pennsylvania. And so he's speaking, and he off the cuff says that a colleague told him that they found 30%, 35% myocarditis among thir- myocarditis among 30 to 35% of the cases in the Big Ten. He just, like, dropped that off the top of his head of a recollection of a conversation with a colleague. Uh, there was nothing nefarious about it. We've all recalled things and, as Roger Clemens once said of Andy Pettit, misremembered them. Yes. Wayne Sebastianelli misremembered. But his comments got a lot of run for like 12 hours. It was all over Twitter. Um, and I, I think it was an exercise in critical thinking because we haven't seen those kind of myocarditis numbers anywhere for COVID. No. And if if they were that way, it would have been a big thing way before this. I mean, um, but so 30 to 35%. And later he clarified and said, this is the quote from a, a Penn State statement to ESPN. Yeah, they clarified Robert. later in the day. During his discussion with board members, he recalled initial preliminary data that had been verbally shared by a colleague on a forthcoming study, which unbeknownst to him at the time had been published at a lower rate, Um, which is to say he was wrong about the number. But again, like you said, it wasn't nefarious. No, he just misremembered. But Um, the college football media world went nuts. They grabbed onto that thing immediately. Because it seems to me there are many people who are... um, very anxious to prove they're right that there should be no football this year. Yes. Even though there's football in three of the five, five power five leagues. Even if at that means point. long-term health conditions for the players that have already had it, they want to be right. Yeah. So uh, that is one development that happened. So Andy covered President Trump's call. Uh, we covered the uh, Wayne Sebastianelli oops comment. Um, we have a, de- a Michigan a development in Michigan, a curious development in Michigan, where Jim Harbaugh and Wolverine players had a march down State Street through downtown Ann Arbor on Saturday demonstrating their desire to play football. And amid that march, Harbaugh is talking to media people. They're wearing masks. And he lets it out. Somebody says, hey, you know, when you, when you talk to President Schlissel, Mark Schlissel's the president of Michigan, University of Michigan. What are you telling him and what's he telling you? A reasonable question, right? Jim Harbaugh says, I've not talked to him. No direct conversations with him. I email him, I text him, but the RAD, Ward Manuel, talks to him. I don't talk to him. He doesn't talk to me. What do you think of that, Andy Anders? It's been that's been the whole scenario of this soap opera that's played out in the Big Ten. That the there can't be consistent communication from the bottom to the top, you know, player to coach to AD to president. People can't talk to each other. Apparently, athletic directors can't be on the same Zoom calls as presidents. Apparently, that's too hard to arrange. Mm. Jim Harbaugh can't talk to the president of Michigan. These things. So, I think that is part of the issue when you're talking about presidents not realizing the wishes of the football teams or. The fact that teams are probably safer in a football environment this fall than being 
They're out in the community where they could easier, more easily catch COVID, aren't getting tested twice a week, all those things. Um, so the disconnect between presidents and teams that I think partially resulted in the 11 to 3 vote that took place uh, that we now know is 11 to 3 thanks to that Nebraska players lawsuit. Thank you, Nebraska players. Um, I think some of that disconnect is a result of the lack of communication from the bottom to the top, and that's symptomatic of that. I find it incredible that the president at the University of Michigan either doesn't know or doesn't have an advisor inform him that while he may deem athletics beneath his attention and that he has an athlete, I mean, he may look at it and say, well, I got an athletic director to handle all that. I'm busy with fundraising and academic matters, and I get it, but somebody in his presidential staff has got to say, I know this might be beneath your level of education and the things that you prioritize. But with the lion's share of the people in the state of Michigan, the state of Michigan football, the play or not play question, is a pressing matter of great concern. And if you want to engender goodwill with those people, you'd be wise to pay some attention to this and to network with your coach on this. Um, it was clearly a shot across the bow by Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh knows, and I don't I don't say that like criticizing Jim Harbaugh. I applaud Harbaugh for having the gumption to do it. Jim Harbaugh knows the fans are going to side with him and go, well, wait a second, like why isn't the president talking to the coach? So I think it was a way for Harbaugh to stir the pot a little bit. Stick a little knife in uh, President Schlissel's uh, back. Because look, we know what we know. Michigan's president voted against playing football, and Harbaugh can't be happy about that. No, he can't be happy about the fact that Ohio State's president, who wasn't even on the job yet, voted for football. Because, you know, that doesn't look good for Jim Harbaugh when he's trying to tell people, "Hey, come to Michigan and play football." Well, why would I come to Michigan and play football, Coach? Your president doesn't talk to you, and your president voted against playing. And the high schoolers are playing in Michigan. Much to the consternation of the governor. The college cannot. Yeah. Well, they're doing that in Ohio, too. Yep. They're doing it in a lot of states, it seems, in the Big Ten. Uh, Thank you for joining us and help spread the word about the Chris Landry Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash Football. You can listen to this podcast on your mobile device. Sign up for Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcast. We are followed at the top of the hour by our friends from the Big 12 in defense of the Big 12. I'm sure they'll have a lot more on the SMU-TCU situation about Spencer Rattler being named the uh, the starter at Oklahoma. Uh, Big 12 football scheduled to get underway in some locations this week. Uh, SEC football end of the month. Uh, Iowa Athletic Director Gary Barda said last week that he thought it would be a miracle if the Big Ten started before November. Now, we do know that the NCAA, Andy, has identified November the 25th as the start date for basketball, which is two weeks later than it was originally scheduled to start. Uh, Have you given up on October 10th football, and are you now hopeful of November? Are you hopeful of Thanksgiving football, or are you coming to a realization that College football in the Big Ten is probably a calendar year, January and beyond. I'm 100% confident in the fact that Kevin Warren has no interest of a fall season or a November or an October season, even if it were possible. It's become clear through his actions recently that 
He thinks it's a high priority to align with the Pac-12, who certain states in the Pac-12 can't even play football for currently because of the rules out there. Can't even practice. Can't even practice. So um, aligning yourself with the Pac-12 tells me, and the other actions of Kevin Warren, tells me that he has no interest in it. Now, could there be enough pressure from the presidents and chancellors if there's enough riled up to maybe push it back into October? Um, I have like a 5%. Hope for that, maybe a 10%. I'd put it in that range, I think. I was hopeful last week when I saw the reports mm-hmm. because, like I talked about, I thought, well, when it came out they were considering Thanksgiving, maybe they're starting to walk the decision back. Yeah. Um, and kind of back off a little bit and retreat and say, well, we know more. You have that out, right? We know more than we did when we made this decision originally. We have these saliva tests available now that the president's going to give us. You're, you're, you've been given outs. To walk it back. Yeah, you have. But they aren't doing it. And the more they don't do it, the more it's it just feels like the reports are to keep fans interested, to kind of keep bait on the line. And then um I I, I am I'm starting to grow more and more confident they're looking to January or spring. Yeah, I mean what I keep hearing is we're doing everything we can. We're doing everything we can. I don't think they're doing everything they can. No, I don't think so. Uh, the NCAA's uh, director of uh, their chief medical advisor, his name is Brian Hainline, uh, says that he's highly confident that the SEC, Big 12, and ACC can play a season without significant disruption. Uh, Would have been nice to hear him say that before the Big Ten canceled its season i didn't even know they had a chief medical advisor on football i thought all they did was talk basketball but um the the most frustrating thing for me is a lack of just communication among the people who need to be communicating together to figure this out one way or the other exactly would you just figure it out okay like, Ohio State's players got all excited last week because Ryan Day said, we're practicing today. We're putting helmets and shoulder pads on. We're practicing. And they thought, hey, you know, maybe there's something to this October 10th thing. And every time a rumor comes out, I think Teddy Greenstein of the Chicago Tribune tweeted this week. He talked to a Big Ten football coach. Big Ten football coach says, we're trying to play as soon as possible. Okay, well, everybody grabs onto that and goes, hey, you know, maybe we're going to play in October. But see, the Big Ten football coach that Teddy talked to can absolutely positively believe that and can be speaking truthfully. I'm sure they are trying to play as soon as possible. But I'm sure the presidents and the chancellors and the commissioner are not trying to play as soon as possible. Exactly. Well, that's been the whole thing. through, And we can't get a firm decision in any case. Like, if we're not playing in the fall, then quit baiting us like we're going yeah, to. Yeah, make up your mind. Just make say, up your just mind. make up your mind. Like, Justin Fields is at George's practice. Say absolutely no way, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to see Justin Fields play quarterback for Georgia. But when Jamie Newman, Georgia's quarterback, transfer from Wake, opts out, you know Kirby Smart would welcome Justin Fields back with open arms. And if Ohio State wants to do the right thing, actually, I shouldn't say Ohio State. I know Ohio State wants to do the right thing. I think Penn State, I think all the schools and all the coaches, as much as it would pain them to see their star players play for another school. I believe that every coach in the Big Ten has at his root the desire for the best thing for the player. And if the if the Big Ten would do what you said to do, which is make up your mind, tell us when we're starting. Give Justin Fields an accurate picture of what's coming. Don't keep Justin Fields dangling between, well, uh, maybe it's October 10th. I'll stay here. I'll play. Maybe it's uh, January. You know what? If it's January and February, I'll play. If it's March, I can't play. 
just give the young man a picture of what it is. So let Justin Fields make up his own mind because Justin Fields is going to hear at draft time next April or May or whenever it is, well, you know, we don't know about him. He's played only one season as a starter. I mean, he's really good and we want to take him, but we don't have as much tape on him as we'd like to have. It's the fair thing for Justin Fields to be able to play this fall if there's a place for him to be able to play this fall. And as long as the Big Ten keeps dilly-dallying on this decision, just commit to something. Right. You're screwing over Justin Fields and other players in the conference. You have all the information you want to make this decision. Absolutely. You've sat there and you've thought about it over and over and over. Ah, I just... When do you when do you think we'll finally get a decision from the big? Ten? I think they just want to keep kicking the can down the road. Just keep. I think their whole strategy is every now and then the brush fire, you know, activates and becomes a, an inferno. And then when you know the rumors of a vote, and then we don't vote. Okay, it dies back down. Something else, once Clemson starts playing, there'll be people get up in arms again. Hey, they're playing at Clemson. It's not fair. And then it'll flame up, and they'll, they're just waiting it out. They're just waiting it out. They're trying to let the fire burn itself Yes, out. exactly. Eventually, these people, these little people who want an explanation, and we don't want to give them an explanation. We want to redact 10 pages of the 11 pages we give the judge in the Nebraska lawsuit. Eventually, they'll just go away, let them eat cake. It's pretty much their dismissive attitude toward the fans. Um, and that's what it is. It's a dismissive attitude, and it's a uh, we've harped and harped and harped lack of leadership. Just make a decision. What are they waiting on? Like you either know now, yep, it's a risk worth running, or nope, it's not a risk worth running. Just own it. Just own it. Don't keep dangling. Maybe it's October. No, maybe it's Thanksgiving. No, maybe it's January. No, maybe it's March. Much what it seems like they're just way too cautious about their image, and by being so indecisive and trying to please multiple sides and keep everything from people, it's very simple. You know, you're going to take a huge PR hit, obviously, if you come yeah. out and say, "Yeah, it's absolutely not happening." But it's better than taking a long, sustained PR hit when you just keep everything hidden from everybody. So let's say they just keep doing this, okay, and. Players are hanging on for the possibility of Thanksgiving football. And Justin Fields is out there at Ohio State, and he's practicing. Because, yeah, Thanksgiving, I'll, I'll, I'll get out there, and I'll, I'll give it the go-ahead. And Justin Fields suffers a Teddy Bridgewater-type catastrophic injury, a non-contact injury. And Justin Fields' earning power as an NFL prospect plummets. Okay, there's a case where the Big Ten's indecision will have really done a an extreme disservice to Justin Fields because if they would announce today, we're going to start playing Big Ten football in on January the fifteenth. We're going to start playing Big Ten football on March the first. Then Justin Fields could say, "All right." I'm down with playing January 15th. I'm committed to it. Or I can't do March. I'm going to start training for the NFL draft. And you can say, well, he could tear up his knee, Bruce, training for the NFL draft. And he could. And if he does, them's the breaks. But it's way different if he does it for Ohio State, operating on the if-come about when he might play or might not play. Ohio State will, by no fault of its own, look bad. 
Kevin Warren will be the reason why Justin Fields got screwed over, and Kevin Warren will not take any accountability or responsibility for that. He hasn't taken any accountability or responsibility at any handling of this. It's crystal clear that they've handled it poorly to this point. I mean, they, they won't even admit that... They seem to have a higher ground about the fact that they wouldn't release the vote. That, like, harm thing. It's not your right to know. It's not your right to know. It's your right to buy gear. It's your right to pay exorbitant parking prices. It's your right to donate thousands of dollars to our president's club for the privilege of paying thousands of dollars for tickets. But it's not your right to know what our business is behind closed doors. Oh, no. You can't know who made the decisions and why they were made. Even when we get sued to find out who made the decisions, you still won't know why they were made. I left something out. It's our right to pay taxes so the presidents can all make hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. But it's not our right as taxpayers to know how presidents at public institutions voted. Exactly. Yeah, that's how. That's Them's the breaks. That's how the game is played. <laughs> I feel like our entire uh, A Few Good Men on the Big Ten football show today, Andy, has been uh, a you-can't-handle-the-truth segment, but in reality, uh, we have reserved that for several special things on the agenda today. You can't handle the truth! Alright, you want... Andy Anders had the option to skip today as a holiday, and he's like, no! I got something I need to say, so the floor is yours, my friend. Kevin Warren, why are you concerned about what the Pac-12 is doing? <laughs> I'm sorry... No one cares about the Pac-12. I'm not sure the Pac-12 cares about the Pac-12 right now. <laughs> it's the worst Power 5 conference the past few years. Um, since Washington declined, they haven't even really contended. They were quickly left out. I, it just So you're concerned about playing a spring Rose Bowl, yeah. and you would prefer that to having a team in the college football playoff. It, that's what it seems to me. Aligning with the Pac-12 is a high priority. I haven't heard you say anything about fall football being a pri- high priority. Getting in the college football playoff apparently isn't a high priority for you. But a spring Rose Bowl, aligning with the Pac-12, where two, where two of the states can't even practice right now, is a high priority for you. That's it. That's all I got to say. Short yeah, but succinct. That's goofy. Uh, uh, that, what are they going to do if they have a spring Rose Bowl and the roses aren't in bloom in Pasadena in the spring? Even fake they'll, ones. They'll have a non-rose, a, a spring non-rose bowl. A rose bowl without roses. Uh, yeah, well, everything would fit this year. All right, so that is Andy's You Can't Handle the Truth. You can't handle the truth! Uh, mine is to, I got, this is a tough one. I, I like a lot of the people that I've worked with over the years and have come to know through covering national championship games and bowl games and final fours and all that. I've been very blessed to have a lot of good friends in the media. I do not share uh, a lot of the same worldview that a lot of them share, but what I really find, and that's fine, that's fine because everybody can argue their own position on their worldview. What I find puzzling and uh, borderline disingenuous is what comes across to me, and I don't think I'm alone, in people who cover college football rooting against the uh, happening of college football. I see them tweeting. I see them poo-pooing the president's involvement to try to get, oh, this is not going to have any impact. Oh, what's he doing? Like, I look, is it possible to, like, have a politician you disagree with do something that you might agree with? One thing? One like, is it a bad thing if the leader of the free world gets involved and, and makes rapid testing available to Big Ten football? Isn't that a good thing for Big Ten football? More importantly, isn't that a good thing for you covering Big Ten football? 
Wouldn't it be a better thing for you and your colleagues, think of others around who cover the sport and whose jobs may be imperiled if there's no football to cover? I know The Athletic has laid off writers during the pandemic. I know that a lot of uh, newspapers and and what business hasn't suffered during the pandemic? I'm, I'm, I'm mystified how so many people who cover college football, they are fully entitled to have their own personal reasons for being fearful of COVID. Maybe they have a loved one who's immunocompromised. Maybe they're immunocompromised. That's fine. I'm not trying to take that away from you. When it comes to arguing against football, I'm baffled why you would do that. I'm baffled why you would do that. And then when football gets canceled, as it did when the Big Ten canceled the season, I saw these same people tweeting, oh, these poor players. Well, which is it? Which is it? You can't be anti-football and be pro-player because guess what? The players are pro-football. They are pro-wanting to play football. All of them want to play. And then when they thought, you know, well, they're not going to play, then they came out, well, you certainly can't play. It's like, ooh. Like, could you just pick a side? Pick a side. But I don't see how you can be a person who covers college football and actively be rooting against college football players playing college football. You can be willing in your own personal life to opt out of covering it because you don't want to expose yourself to other people and bring it home to somebody who's sick or bring, bring it to your own doorstep. I get that, but I don't get the whole, like, rooting against the sport you cover. That's strange to me. And I don't require them to root for it either. Just, like, cover it down the middle. So that's my you-can't-handle-the-truth moment. Now, a man who always spoke the truth, you might remember him, gentleman by the name of Urban Meyer, uh, on with Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten Network. And uh, Urban was asked, I'm going to take my headphones off so our people on Twitch can hear him uh, speak. Urban was asked about the likelihood of spring football. Well, I'm still very opposed to spring. Spring won't happen. You know, there, I don't, I don't see any probability of actually having a spring season. I've talked to many colleagues and the reality is that you would have to change the fall, the following 2021 season. And the chance of putting two seasons in one calendar year, you know, that, that conversation is going to have to stop because that, that won't happen. All right, so he says spring football, not a possibility. Putting two seasons back-to-back, not likely. He's been very forceful in that, Andy, that you cannot play spring. Now, when he's talking spring, he's ta- he's not talking about spring practice. He's talking about competitive football, March, April, May, between opposing schools. You agree with him? Shouldn't have it at all? Have it as what Nick Saban says is a JV season where all the great players assert, assured of their NFL draft position sit out and you play, you know, six, eight games so the C.J. Strouds and Jack Millers can get a shot. Uh, do you agree with Urban that you cannot play spring football because then you'd come back in the fall and try to play again? You'd have to change the fall season, like he said. You can't play any sort of um, meaningful competitive spring schedule and then keep whatever the schedule is for 2021. Um, that I totally agree with. We've we've mentioned this plenty of times before. Uh, that the health risk to the player is far greater playing back to back seasons like that than it is from COVID. Just period. So I think if you're going to play in January, it's a little different. 
and maybe you could play a shortened January, February, early March type of season and come back in the fall, delay the fall a little bit, and maybe still play a full fall schedule. But what Urban said is totally true, and obviously he knows more than I ever will mm-hmm. about the ins and outs of this, that you, you can't play competitive spring football and then have a full fall season. And are they going to be willing to alter the fall season is the question then. So um, when other, I'm sure other conferences that are playing this fall won't alter next fall. They don't have a reason to. That's right. Now that gets us to Urban's second comment to Jerry DiNardo about an unintended consequence of Ohio State not playing games right now and ACC, Big 12, and SEC teams playing games soon or at the end of the month. Here is uh, Urban Meyer to Jerry DiNardo on that topic. The amount of practice time, preparation time, everything should be equal. But you're looking at a very significant competitive disadvantage for the Pac-12 and Big Ten, and here's why. Say a team has nine or ten practices in the spring, which some did, and all of a sudden you're now getting 25 to 30 practices in the fall in training camp, and the Ohio State's not, or uh, the Wolverines are not, or the USC Trojans are not. That's a significant competitive disadvantage. Significant competitive disadvantage because they're getting game reps. He goes on to make the point that a running back uh, who doesn't carry the ball and get hit, a lineman who doesn't go up against another lineman working hard, trying just as hard to stop that lineman blocking him from being blocked. You can't approximate it with pads in practice. You can't approximate it with tackling dummies. You can't approximate it with drills where people are slapping at the ball. And that the development of players will be stunted at Big Ten schools and at Pac-12 schools relative to guys at Clemson, Big 12, uh, ACC, Pac, uh, SEC, who are going through live reps for an entire season. Yes. Uh, practice time matters a lot in coaching. You talk with anyone knowledgeable. Um, I remember... <laughs> This goes back to when I was in high school. Um, our coach used to say, um, we we did a special formation on uh, our PATs when I was a senior. We Let's had, do the swinging gate? We did, uh, what was it called? Um, all It was like three, three guys lined up in the back. We all went to one side except the holder and the kicker. There was the snapper and the holder. Yeah. And the kicker. And two backfield guys went out to the left, and then everyone else was on the line of scrimmage out to the left. And then we all ran over back to the right. We never ran a trick play out of that. Okay. The coach said the only reason we had that as the way we did PATs was so that every week the opposing team would have to sit, spend 15 minutes sure. training against that. You're talking about gobs of entire practices that now Ohio State will lose against its competition, that Penn State, that USC, that Michigan will mm-hmm. lose against its competition. Um, and that will make a huge difference. The talent won't, might not be any different, but um, that's a great point that Urban brings up that I hadn't even thought about really is that you're going to lose practices. Well, and the other thing, and uh, talking with uh, Chris Spielman, which I do the We Tackle Life podcast with Chris three days a week, what he found when he had to take a season off from the NFL tending to his uh, wife Stephanie's late wife Stephanie who had breast cancer was that as much as he went to the Ohio State football practice facility as much as he watched tape as much as he trained his reaction times his sharpness as an NFL linebacker 
responding to live play was severely compromised by being away from the game for a year. Yeah. You just can't simulate live game reps. You just can't do it. Even scout teams don't simulate real live game reps. So that's a problem for Big Ten football teams. And then you talk about guys like Travion Henderson, running back from North Carolina, who's going to enroll at Ohio State early in January. Jack Sawyer, defensive end for Pickerington North, who's going to enroll at Ohio State in January. Other enrollees around the Big Ten. Uh, These guys, in the case of Sawyer and Henderson, have opted out of their senior years, which I'm against. They've opted out of their senior years. But I will say in their defense, they are also victims of the Big Ten not making up its mind and not giving a hard and fast date when they're going to play football because I think they opted out thinking we're going to enroll in January and we're going to be able to play in a spring season. Now the NCAA Management Council has said, no, you're not going to be able to. So Travion Henderson and Jack Sawyer are going to go from December of 2019, presuming they made the playoffs in their home states, until at the earliest August of 2021, before taking a live rep in football. Almost two years. Two years. Wow. That's, um, it's, it's a total competitive disadvantage for the Big Ten. Um, no doubt about it. Yes. And we've talked about the other disadvantage. It, it, it compiles with everything else, too. You know, the Big Ten's probably going to lose recruits because of the cancel, because of this postponement. Big Ten, it, it, everything compiles together. You wonder if, how, big the impact on the future of the conference will be if they don't end up playing football this fall. And I will say this again. We will end the podcast today with a conspiracy theory. And my conspiracy theory is people say, well, you know, we've seen uh, Michigan, Nebraska, Ohio State, Wisconsin all come out with these dire predictions of economic fallout of not having college football. Andy, the economic impact on a community, not just to mention the actual drop in revenue from lack of tickets and parking and all that. I mean, as an Ohio State graduate, uh, the economic impact on the city of Columbus is significant, is it not? Not having Ohio State home football games. Absolutely. I mean, restaurants, bars, all those things are crowded on game day. Kroger, one of the dominant uh, grocery chains in Columbus, Giant Eagle, those stores are packed on Friday and Saturday with people preparing for tailgates or for parties. Hotels are filled with people. I can only imagine in a community like State College, PA. The economic impact I've seen, the number for State College, PA, is $150 million. I can tell you the economic impact in Columbus is much greater than that because Columbus is a bigger city with more hotels and more restaurants. And so in State College, PA, having covered games at State College for 20 years during my time at the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Many of we stayed in Allentown. We stayed in you know a lot of we stayed in other cities. So State College doesn't have the number of hotels for its economic impact overall to go up like it can in Columbus or like it can in a city like Minneapolis or can in a major city. So you know the economic impact is there. So I'm going back to my conspiracy theory. Why would you keep asking yourself? I keep asking myself why don't these presidents? Why don't these chancellors? Why aren't they as impacted by? These dire economic numbers. Sometimes the solution is really simple. Because when you tend to try to answer a question, you assume that other people think the way you do. Well, they ought to care because I care. This is a scary number. Ohio State, $150 million in revenue. City of Columbus, businesses going up. Why don't they care? 
I'm using Ohio State as an example. I know they voted for football. Let's say, why, why would they not care at Wisconsin? Why would they not care at Minnesota? Well, they might not care because presidents may think, you know, if this knocks football down a notch on our campuses and aligns our athletic department a little bit more closely with the mission of athletics that I, as a president or a chancellor, am comfortable with, is that a bad thing? They may not want the pressure of keeping with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State in football. They may not like the things that it forces them to do as a president. They might view athletics not as the asset that most of us do, but as beneath their time. Not really in keeping with how they envision the balance between sports and academics to be. Yes. Um, Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. Uh, it's definitely in the mindset that you can't realize the economic impact this has, and it really hasn't even been addressed by presidents that we've seen. Um, not that I've seen. Have you seen any president address the economic impact? No. Of, no, exactly. So Not at all. I think they always feel like they can go back to donors and play the good old state U card, and they can make it up on the things they care about. If they make those sports donors mad, eh, who cares? I think they're making a severe mistake in that many of their academic donors are also their sports donors. But I do think it's not out of the realm of possibility that this might be a consequence they're willing to experience to see if it can get the total mission of the school more in line with what they would be comfortable with. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, We want to thank you for joining us, and we want to counsel you that your home for all things football is Chris Landry Football on Twitch. That's the channel name. Or LandryFootball.com on the web. We have a myriad of shows. Big 12 show is next at the top of the hour. SEC a Gumbo is coming. We've got the Candlestick Kids is a fantasy show. We've got NFL film breakdowns. We are having NFL football. Mm-hmm. Coaches perspective, scouts perspective, high school football, recruiting, all the sites, all the things you need to know is at LandryFootball.com. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, or play them off the LandryFootball.com channel. Twitch TV backslash Chris Landry Football is the place where you can watch this show every Monday at 10 a.m. With that, uh, we will bid adieu to our uh, listeners and to our viewers. Thanks for watching us on uh, the Chris Landry Football channel. I hazard a guess as to what we might be talking about again next Monday. I hope it's not more rumors and more innuendo and more maybes and ifs. I hope we have some degree of clarity. Something tells me that won't be the case. Oh, I think you're right. That'll do it for us. Everybody have a great Labor Day. Enjoy your week, and we'll see you again on Monday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.